it's a French football win. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That was that was uh, that was unfortunate of me. Uh, if you know, you know. If you if you don't, I'm sure we'll we'll touch on it later on. Uh, good. I'm massively confused right now, Chris. Thank you for the you, start. We'll get to it, Phil. Don't you worry. We'll get to it. Um, for those of you who don't know what that's a reference to, we will come on to it. But hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. My name is Chris. I'm your host as usual, and this is my normal voice. I am joined today by Jez and Phil. As always, good evening to you both. Good evening. Hello. Hello. We've got plenty to touch on uh, this week. We had quite a busy week last week, of course, which is, uh, well, we're, we're a day late today, uh, just getting our schedules in order. So uh, apologies if you were expecting us yesterday, but here we are today. Good things worth waiting for and all that. We had a full round of fixtures at the weekend and, of course, some European action to look back on for last week and a little bit to preview this week as well, which uh, we will come back to towards the end of the pod. But let's start in Liga for the weekend then and um well I I kind of don't want to talk too much here because I could sort of go off on one but Jez I'm gonna start with you and we kind of we, we underlined a little bit about the running order today but I decided this was the week where I was going to go just just give a little bit of praise to to what's happening in a certain spot of France that I happen to follow quite closely and that being in, in Lorient we spoke after the uh, well, after the pod last week, we talked about the, the Lyon game, which was upcoming. Um, I wouldn't have said I was confident, but wouldn't you know it? The little prince popped up with a beautiful free kick, and everything went well. And uh, Lorient got the win over over Lyon in that rearranged game by three goals to one. And then at the weekend, faced a, a similar tough-looking task, although at home again to Nantes, who did go in front through Ganago, but um, Otara, who's found a real goal-scoring form of late. Uh, Kathleen, not 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 a dinner lady, but an actual footballer. You're on Kathleen, uh, who signed hey, in the summer. My mother's name. There you go. You see, so it is nice. known as it is known as a feminine name, I guess, in the UK, but certainly not in France. But he got his first goal for the club to make it two one. And Ibrahim Kone, rather rather emotional Kone. Um, for those who didn't know what his celebration was, basically he lost his grandma quite recently and posted about that. So he had quite an emotional response to his goal, which was the third. Uh, Moses Simon got one back and not slightly unfortunate to not take something from the game, but they didn't. So Jez, what, what do you put this, this down to? Lorient are currently fourth, four wins out of the last five. Lebris came in in the summer and, and a lot of people were like, mm, don't really know, he's a bit of an unknown. But it, it's going really well, isn't it? And and this set-piece aspect, a lot of goals that Lorient are scoring from set-pieces. Do you uh, do you see this as as a kind of a transformative situation for Lorient? Or, or are you going to shoot me down in flames and say it's it's just a, a bit of good form and they'll tail off? Um, no, I mean, it's probably somewhere a little bit in between. It sort of reminds me a bit of um, Francaise coming in at, at Lens and sort of, you know, no one with that outside the club knew too much about him and, and he's been a revelation and, and hopefully it's a similar thing with with Le Bruis. I think um you've got a very nice kind of balance across your team and and you know the, just the, the names of the players you mentioned there's some real sort of attacking quality there and and I don't know you you, you talked about set pieces I'd have sort of stayed off that subject because both of Nantes goals came from set pieces but you scored in the last Okay, a couple of great free kicks, but you've also scored some some really lovely team moves recently, and and 
Um, you know, Watara particularly looks quality. Moffi looks back to close to his best form that we didn't really see much uh -huh. of last year, but did the year before. Um, and yeah, there's there's some lovely footballers there, and and you know, we'll we'll talk later about other teams as well. But but what's great is that the small teams, you know, in inverted commas, who you'd be expecting to just kind of be battling and doing whatever's needed to stay up are all looking to play decent football there's no sort of hoofing into rosette or hoofing it up the pitch to the striker they're they're keeping the ball on the ground there, there's some really nice interplay between them and and certainly at the moment laurie are leading the way and i mean it hasn't been the i guess the the most difficult of fixtures to come into but you know first match of the season beating Wren away in the derby is certainly not to be sniffed at um and beating Lyon for you know with all the caveats that come with Lyon is still impressive um you know, the, the the concern is that you know the one time that they they've played a certainly gone away to a real quality team at, at the top of their game they got smashed by Lens but um you know that that look at their record that's that's their only defeat of the season and as i said it's not it's not really a case of scraping wins they're 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 looking good for it so um good luck to them and and as you've mentioned before as well arguably one of the bases sort of foundations on which it's been built is that you look like you've got um uh a better keeper than you've had the last yeah. couple of years as well yeah, that, that's absolutely massive. And, and Virgo's come in, and, and although he's, as you say, not exactly, you know, not keeping too many clean sheets, but it's it's all about the presence, the organisation. Um, there's, there's been quite a structural change as well in terms of I think the style is is a lot more different. Although Lauren tried to play pretty in you know, pretty in the last couple of seasons, as you rightly said, the football has been it's been pretty decent. But they they've really opened up the season, and there's a bit of flair. And I was worried when. Doriente went to Sassuolo. I thought, well, there's a creative element of the hub taken away, but Lefay's form has been brilliant. As you mentioned there, Moffi is, is back to his usual self. Kone is still coming off the bench and scoring. I think it was eight seconds or something ridiculous since he came off the bench and scored at the weekend again. He he, he seems to be uh, seems to be kicking on, but that goalkeeping position and, and that defensive solidity seems to be uh, really important. Um, the question I would yeah. ask you... Go on. Yeah, go on, Phil. No, go on. One thing, because Jez mentioned, obviously, the one loss so far has been 5-2 at loss. Mm. It was 5-2. I yeah. mean, we see this weekend uh, <clears throat> there can be larger uh, margins. So even when taking a hammer and they were still putting stuff past pretty decent defence with that brace and Murphy. So yeah, I think they even, got to two all actually. Didn't they? they did, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so even that was not the kind of drubbing that you'd say was, you know, looking at putting somebody down. It was an, um, a very unfortunate second half, um, but they did still manage to get on the board and that kind of fighting spirit is also going to be very useful, I think, as they come into uh, the run of games coming up. Agreed, agreed. And 
I think I was going to ask you as well is whilst we rightly sort of praise the clubs that are in form, so obviously Lauren being one of them there, Lons being the other one that we touched on, uh, they got a 1 0 win on Friday night against Trois with Kevin Danso with the winning goal there. They also are, as you mentioned, they're flying unbeaten in five, they're up to third, they're just two points off the top. It's good for the league, isn't it, to have, mm. and I'm not. I'm not suggesting Lorient will stay fourth this season. I think it's a long way to go. But having clubs like Lons, like Lorient, um, like, like Ren, you know, I, I, Ren are a big club, but the fact that they are steadily yeah, improving. I, I feel like season. we've been saying this for a couple of seasons as mm. well, which is good because it means that teams like Lons and Ren are being consistent over time. There mm. might be a drop-off at the end of the season, but you look at their early form and they do go out of the gates fast. They do put the shits up people, uh, frankly, and they tend to stay there longer than you'd think. Mm. And that is going to be uh, very interesting if they can both do it again, particularly with Ren fighting on two fronts. Um so yes, it does bode well. Mm, yeah, it's nice, nice to see as well when you, when we we all follow leagues where there's the same old four or five teams that are competing not just for a title but for Europe as well. It's it's really entertaining to see a league with with so many sort of improving clubs. Um, stick with me for a second, Phil. The next club I wanted to touch on was was Wren. Uh, did make mention of them briefly in that kind of mini roundup there. They um they seem to be getting things sort of back into order. Uh, a 5-0 win over Osea at the weekend. Uh, goals for Suleimana, Guiri, Terrier, Tate and Abline in that particular fixture. They were up early and then they kind of did a demolition job in the second half, scoring four of those five in that second period just after the hour mark. And Osea did look like they tired. But they seem to be they seem to be sort of kicking into gear at, at the right time. I think it's fair to say they had a little bit of a sticky start, but he's all coming back around again. Bruno Genesio did a fantastic job last season. They got a win. I think I'm right. So was it the last kick of the game in, in midweek against oh, Lanarka? Yeah, that was one of the um, slightly eek moments yeah. in Europe we had um, uh, last midweek. But yeah, and what I thought was interesting was looking at the scorers, um, Suleiman's 20, Guerri's mm. 22. You got Terry and Tate, who are a bit older, but Abilene 19. And the last two goal scorers both came on as subs. And I think Abilene scored in two minutes after coming off the bench. So, one thing I know our friend Rich has um, always stressed is that they are a really good team for bringing through youth. And I think we're seeing that again. So, if this kind of balance of the slightly the slightly more experienced and the younger guys is going to come into play. Obviously, they kept uh, Benjamin Rogo, um, Santa Maria as well. Um, so what we're seeing here is, I think, a very balanced team. Against Lanaka in the Europa League, it was a little bit tense. They opened the scoring uh, just before the half-hour mark. Lonica equalised within four minutes and it took long into injury time for Assignon to get the winner. 
so they might be thinking okay we might need to take this a bit more seriously from now on and and go for it so whether that is going to have an impact on the league form remains to be seen but you know they're they're doing very well so far mm. so um it's impressive to see agreed agreed and just do you feel I'm just looking at that squad and Phil made, ref- made reference to it there. The, the couple of big names that they kept, okay, they did lose the ball, but they kept Terrier, they kept Burgar certainly for now. There isn't a lot of experience in terms of uh, the, the squad putting in another way. The squad is based on youth. And with a, a coach like Genesio, he's clearly quite happy to invest in that. Even the signings in the summer, Rodon's 24, uh, Tietz is 22. Uh, Callum Wendo, of course, is there now, he's 20. Is there a, a risk that do you feel that if things don't go their way, that that puts a lot of pressure on a lot of young, talented players and we know where that can go in terms of, you know, if, they, if they're on a bad run or do you sit on the other side of the fence and say, actually, no, it's all good experience for them regardless? Like, what's the what's the kind of ceiling that they, this, this club can go to or this squad can go to? I think it depends what they're aiming for. I mean, you know, they're not going to be... They're certainly not going to be close to relegation or anything like that, if that's what you mean. But, um, you know, realistically, are they aiming for Champions League? Are they aiming for Europa League and a, a good run of their own in Europa? And that's the question. Yeah, there's a lot of youth there, but there's also, you know, even in those young players, most of the ones you've mentioned, they've already got a decent amount of experience. Some of them haven't even come through from Ren. They, you know, they've been bought from elsewhere. So, um <laughs> As Phil said, there's there's sort of a there is a balance there. You know, Tate's not young. Terrier, as she said, is, is experienced. Obviously, you've got like Mondonda there. Um, so that Bourguignon's been been around quite a while as well. So so it's not all sort of um, you know teenagers in their in their first season in, in the professional game. So um, I mean, even right. Kawiri, twenty two, he's been around for a while. Mm. Because he came up so early. Even Callum Wendo, full season under his belt on loan last season. Um, yeah, I think I think you make a good point. Is that I think what's interesting? I mean, for me, if we're talking balance, what I'd be sort of slightly more concerned about is that there's a ridiculous amount of attacking talent. I'm just mm. not sure that the quality in the back half of the pitch is anywhere near as good. So I think they'll outscore a lot of people, but I think they can, they could also be found out at times. Yeah, them. that's that's the risk you run, isn't it? And even with the younger players, you say, if, if they are certain, I mean, that TS is 22, let's say, Truefair 20, Asignon 22, uh, I think Triore is the only one who is 30 plus, the captain. So is, is if you were in the hot seat at Roseland Park, would you, would what would be your priority, Jess? Would, would it be, to go potentially deep into the Europa because they had that brief flirtation of the Champions League, which didn't last. They had the they had the um, opportunity of sort of finishing high in the league. Would would you be focusing now on on keeping that league form going, or would you be throwing some eggs into that Europa League basket and saying actually we can go like deep into this competition now? I think it's too early to sort of commit to one or the other. I think they they do have a quality squad now. It's not just a quality team, so. I think you know, go all out with both for a while, and and wait and see. Maybe sort of come January or something. You know, 
if you're in contention for Champions League places, then you can think about whether to to focus more on that. But as we said so many times before, it just seems ridiculous that French clubs seem to fight to get a place in Europe and then sort of chuck Europe in order to be able to concentrate on getting a place in Europe. Yeah. And I think in the group, obviously, uh, the Larnaca game uh, Larnaca are the weakest in that group. They're playing Fenerbahce next on Thursday, but that mm-hmm. at home, which is good. And then Dinamo Kiev, who will be playing out of wherever, um, under under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So I think that was maybe, as I say, a bit of a sigh of relief because they are going to have to perform against those other two teams to get through. Mm-hmm. So when we get to halfway through the groups, uh, I think we'll have a better idea of where they stand, because obviously you know, we, we know what Fenerbahce can do, but what state will Dinamo be in, given the, the circumstances? So that's going to, I think, be a better time to uh, be looking at what that balance needs to be. Yeah, judging the circumstances when they come. Well, while we're I just think, on... By the way, I think was, certainly in the first half, I thought was was there gave a really good account of themselves. Yeah. Like said, like, four goals came in the last half hour. I think they were slightly flattering to Ren. Because mm, they could have gone But it shows what they can do. Yeah, yeah, and they miss uh, Chabonnier's out, isn't he, at the moment as well? So it's it's not. Yeah, it's it kind was, of. It was definitely, as I think Jess mentioned earlier, Orbsair tired after mm. half time and then got picked off 60, 68, 78, 85. Yeah, all came in. managed to keep the pedal to the metal, as mm. it were, and Orbsair didn't. And Which those, but I think, has been uh, a sign of uh, their performances so far. Yeah, they can't keep it going. And those sort of games for you know those sort of games for us there are not, not going to be the ones that are going to, de- going to define their season. Although they're going to be the the bonus points, if you will. They're not going to be looking at those as potential winning games, you would imagine. Just while we're on the subject of Europe um, and particularly Europa League, uh, Phil, we had. Not also grabbing a late winner, and then we had ninety third some... minute against yeah. Olympiacos, whose goal was um, an own goal. So mm. not again are uh, probably heaving a big sigh of relief, particularly whoever put the own goal in, who I don't have written down, um, because that was a bit of a late, a late. Christian, for them, smashing Christian, Christian Caronberto. Uh, I think he's the. Uh, oh, he's the. Is he president? He's the, like football director or something of. Uh, yeah. Of and obviously made his name at Nantes. It's a weird link up, isn't it? Mut- uh, Mutasami was the own goal scorer, by the way, and as you said, Mohammed, who he, he's Egyptian, isn't he? An Egyptian international coming in the summer. He seems to be slowly but surely finding his feet. A couple of goals for him and, and Gresson with the. The late winner, so good good news for for Nantes to face Carabag 
on uh, Thursday this week. That's away from home, 5.45 kickoff. Not such great scenes in Nice, though, Phil, for what ended up being a 1-1 draw between FC Colne and, and Nice. But that wasn't the story, was it? No, there was a lot of trouble. Um, I think many of us will have seen the pictures from the stands of uh, visiting fans chucking stuff around. But then Nice stewards chucking stuff back at them. I think a visiting fan fell five metres out of uh, the cage and seriously injured as a result so there was a delay of nearly an hour for kickoff on that one um tigas uh scored early on which didn't help matters ambiance wise in the stadium but then andy law um who but he uh, scored a penalty around the hour mark to level up. I think probably everyone was just happy to get out of that in one piece. Mm. Um, because I'd actually um, been talking to my boss, who was German. Um, I used to play for uh, St. Paul um, about who to look out for. And he was like, oh, yeah, they've got Modest. I'm like, hang on. Anthony Modest is still playing. It also turns out they've got um, Elias Shkiri, mm. who obviously was fabulous from Montpellier Modest, years Modest ago. Modest is at Dortmund now. Yeah, he went to Dortmund, yeah. He, yeah. he went in the summer or last minute, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. Yes, I, my notes here say lost Modest to Dortmund, um, but um, they had uh, Jonas Hector, the captain, who is a bit of a one club man um, but it was very interesting to see who they had I believe they're quite high up in the table at the moment mm. um, so this was just in a sense notwithstanding the pre-match trouble a hard game in this group and so it's not ideal to have come out with um, you know, just one point, but under the circumstances, maybe it's pretty good. Move on to the next because they've got Partizan and Slavasko um, as the other teams in the group. So we're going to see how that pans out. But yeah, there were unfortunate scenes, the ones we genuinely don't like to see. This wasn't you know, kind of amusing punch-up. It was proper unpleasant. It was brutal, wasn't uh, it? Situations in the stands there, so. Yeah. On, on that, I'm not condoning anything from Nice fans, but the Köln fans um, trashed the Nice shop in mm. town before oh. the match. And also, and this is a slightly worrying trend because it happened last year with a Lyon Cup match as well. It turned out that a lot of the fans causing trouble were PSG fans who didn't mm. their, their way into the into the ground to, uh, well, basically to cause trouble. Cause hassle, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was definitely something that was was uh, mentioned by people in the know, and it did seem to spark from 
the uh, Colm fans leaving their section and heading towards the, the Nice fans. But like you say, there is history with Nice fans as well. So I guess both weren't particularly great. And the stewarding, um, some pretty unpleasant videos, Ooh. especially after what we saw after the Champions League final. French police um, are known to not take too much shit from anyone um, and don't need an excuse to go they, in heavy-handed. They, they don't even need shit. No. No, yeah, no excuse. Like Marseille Frankfurt's gonna be interesting. I was just gonna say, yeah, that that that's been the story today, isn't it? Marseille Frankfurt is tonight. Um I was I was gonna watch it, but after sitting through the Tottenham game, I'm not sure I can do it again. <laughs> but... Just just to say that I think that um we should probably just generally I mean Marseille lost, but even then I think they gave a decent enough account of themselves. Mm. Then, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of sketchy results and late goals, as we said, but Actually, it wasn't a bad European week for French clubs. I felt that well, it, was, mass... it was a nervous week, I'd say, because we had... Uh, but Monaco... it's usually nervous and ending in defeats. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Mo- Monaco were away at Red Star and they needed a late penalty from Mbolo to win. With OM, I felt like it was fairly even. The first half mm. was... Pretty exciting end to end stuff, and then Mbemba got himself sent off, and then that's what changed it. Yeah, I I'd had a, a tough day at work, and I just closed my eyes for a minute, or so I thought, and opened them again, and Spurs were two 0 up, and mm. both of them had been scored by Richarlison, and I was like, "Am I still asleep?" <laughs> Yeah, he's he is deeply unlikable, by the way, Spurs aside, but it just like his play acting is just... I was extremely confused by the whole situation. But yeah, I think as Joe said, OM played well in that mm. game and were basically knocked out by losing a man uh two minutes into the second half, and then there was a one-two punch from Chris's favourite person, <laughs> and that's how it ended up. So that should be something I think they'll have to put behind them and and move on. Yeah, they did at the weekend, frankly. So should be said as well. There was a, a really big chance in that game at, at one 0 wasn't there? I think it was. It's um, Arita come off the bench and sort of did one of those air kicks as the ball came was flashed across. Um, I think it was a cross from the right for memory, but yeah, that that was one of those situations. If that goes in. Uh, again, not saying much. They would have hung on, but I thought they deserved something from the game. Certainly did. Um, let's move on then. Um, I'll quickly mention actually, PSG did get a win uh, over Juventus. They won by by the the odd goal. It was one of those games where I, uh, they were so far above Juventus at 2-0. Um, Juve got one back through McKenney and Bappe with two clinical finishes. I think PSG were just playing within themselves. And then all of a sudden Juve scored and it was like, oh, crack it. Well, we're, we're a little bit in the in the plot here, but they I mean, did nothing. Her, her in the Juventus goal was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, there were a lot more chances. Uh, in the Marco Verratti booking sweepstake, we have 68 minutes. Hmm. And one other thing to mention was the reception of Adrian Rabio. Yeah. Um, particularly when he was subbed off, which was yeah. no friendly. Obviously, yes. obvious, but really quite strange. I did notice... 
he's quite tall, but also Donnarumma is huge. He was oh, standing yeah. next to um, colleagues when they were going up to do the, you know, yay thing with the fans at the end. He's like, is he eight foot tall? He's six six, I think, for memory. But yeah, he's he's a big old unit and still growing, which is always interesting. Still can't catch balls very well, I've noticed. But um, no, I mean the goal was his fault. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Completely agree. But, I'd like, um, on that, I mean, firstly, the two goals are fantastic and great and badly yeah. finishes. But then he sort of lost his killer touch, which he did again at the weekend. And he's not really, I don't think, at the top of his form. But one sort of ominous thing, and which kind of there wasn't a huge fuss made about it but um you know yes. supposing everything's all sweetness and light now between Mbappe and Neymar but apparently after them there was a point where Mbappe could have laid a goal on a plate for Neymar and he had the shot himself should have yeah agreed yeah. um apparently after the match one of the journalists asked Neymar for a quote and Neymar said are you sure you want one because it's going to cause more stories or something like that mm. i think that um i don't think what, everything's what, what, fine what between shows a quote i can't talk or i'll be in trouble yeah if i speak i'll be in great trouble yeah 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 it wasn't it i think looking back at the replay i think i'm right in saying it was it was going to be offside anyway but there's no way killian knew that when he when he decided to shoot instead of laying it across and it was one of those where a glare was all that was needed for Neymar, where you sort of knew what the thought process was. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't great. And I, I, get, I get it. You know, no, he's also way. a clinical, usually striker. He's entitled to... Mm. It was just one of those where you just went, mm. yeah, like, it, it, yeah. It just You just sort of thought, in another position, like, would Messi have passed there? I think the answer is absolutely yes. But anyway. What's the point with Neymar? I mean, obviously Neymar has never ever would consider being a selfish player who kind of... <laughs> yeah that, that is also a very fair point yeah yeah what's good for goose good for gander etc um just to run through a couple of other results from the weekend by the way um those clubs actually involved in that last little conversation marseille won the kazoo derby if you don't know what i'm doing just have a look at their shirts uh marseille 2-1 winners in that particular game sanchez and Gigo with the second ismali had put lille in front um, suggestion of a bit of susness about the the Marseille winner, a little bit of a, a VAR controversy in that one, but not as much as there was in Italy this weekend, that's for sure. But Marseille coming out winners. Also, PSG winning earlier on in the day, that uh, particular Saturday, Neymar's goal um, was enough to beat Brest, who did miss a penalty or saved penalty, I should say, from Donnarumma. Um, but yeah, they, they weren't exactly impressive, a little bit of a hangover from the weekend, potentially. And uh, the inevitable Andy Delors was the winning goal scorer against the Jacks here for Nice, a much needed win, win for them. Brilliant overhead and kick, it has to be said. Yeah, yeah, tweeted it. sent the picture of his. He was very noticeable, not wanting to celebrate. And uh, yeah, he went for a beer afterwards with the supporters. Um, fantastic goal, that really was. Technique was brilliant. And, uh, um, because I don't know if you saw this on English football Twitter, but on French football Twitter, it's like, it's the club du coeur, the club of his heart. Mm. And everyone's like, well, okay, he's played for Nîmes, Troyes, Wigan, Montpellier. Well, yes. How many clubs yes. does he have? He's a bit like, who's that Irish guy that does the somersaults? Robbie Keane. Oh, gosh, yeah. Him. Yeah. 
it's a bit like that yeah it's quite wholesome though isn't it that uh, I know it some is, people are saying it is sweet it. that he managed he was there to go quite out early in Oscar for a beer and didn't get stabbed after winning, yeah. uh, scoring the winning goal. So you know, the, the everyone's only, grown up a bit. Marvelous. The only, the only downside is that I think um, I think uh, colleagues on another pod mentioned this that it almost takes away the uh, sort of if it it's, could be one of the goals of the season because he doesn't celebrate. You almost think he won't get a goal of the season because he doesn't run off with his shirt over his head etc but um yeah really really good goal and, and a much needed win for for nice who we've documented their troubles of late and quite a fetching quite a fetching third kit by the way purple and red halves mm. kind of thing anywho jazz um talk to me about leon because um we, we we've had this conversation before my dear friend i believe but we're going to have it again monaco won the, uh, the, the game that I thought was going to be a lot more feisty than it was in the end on Sunday night. Badia Chile and Maripan, the two excellently worked headers from set pieces. Uh, Leon got one back through Carl Toko Ikombi. And then after the game, I made reference off uh, at the off, uh, Alexandra Lacassette lost his voice and gave quite an amusing Mickey Mouse-esque uh, review of, of the um, of the game to the reporter pitch side. That was the, the reference. If you haven't looked, if you haven't seen this interview, Go look it up; it's brilliant. But what what are we what are we making of Leon Jez? I mean, losing to Lorient, obviously we mentioned earlier. Now losing this, it's back to back defeats. Are we going back on the on the sus train because they're defending in this particular game? I thought was pretty wretched. I think the first thing to say is that we've just been singing the praises of the likes of Ren, and Leon is still ahead of Ren. <laughs> True, true, yeah. So, you know, that's one of it is just about, I think, perception and just, I guess, yeah, we expect Leon to be right up there. But I think after what Ren have done the last two or three years, I, you know, I think where they are is just as disappointing a position. They, they too haven't had the most difficult of starts, really. Um, in terms of Leon, there's two ways to look at it. I think, you know, if we'd had this chat after the, the L'Oreal match, I think they would deserve every little bit of abuse um, coming to them. I thought they were slightly unlucky against Monaco. I think they, they played quite well and they had, you know, chances to at least draw, if not win. Um, the, the concerning thing in terms of Monaco's goals, as Lacazette squeaked about, was that and I think he he sort of talked about size. Is just they were both they both came from set pieces, and yeah, the Sekarong was well worked, um, but and Bad Yoshide could have been better marked for the first one. But basically, they were kind of bullied in the area, and they were both relatively straightforward headers. Um, and you know, that's something Leon really needs to sort out. You can't sort of be giving away free goals like that. Did you did you um, think they were straightforward? Sorry to interrupt. I, I thought in particular the first goal was a really good header from Badia Shila. Like really, I appreciate that the the space he had to do it was was not great from Leon. That's I what I mean. Was, I mean, yeah, it was a good header, but he, there was absolutely no pressure on him. No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, so I'm just looking at Ren's fixtures so far. They really have been crazy. Um, uh, <laughs> With Leon, yeah, I thought you know they're, they're they're sort of the makings of decent football going forward, but I'm just not sure. Even Lacazette, I mean, well, I say even Lacazette, you'd you know it better than me. 
he's not necessarily, even though his goal the other day made him, I think, the third top scorer in Lyon history, he's not the most prolific player. Toko Cambi's had a good start, but isn't prolific either. You know, they, they need to be making sure that those goals, if they're being shared around, are being shared around widely and regularly. Um, the midfield is sort of quality, but as flaky as ever. And then, you know, as I think everyone pointed out after the L'Oreal match, but then even more so after the Monaco match, Thiago Mendes is not a centre-back. No. And, you know, the, all the good of Lukeba next to him, of Lopez behind him, of players in front of him, if you're relying on Mendes as a regular starting centre-back for the whole season, then, then, then you're in trouble. So I think that's something that they they need to work out some kind of solution to very, very quickly. Yeah. Um, Gusto, I know Bosch had a bit of a go at him recently saying, you know, if you, you've you got speed, you've got talent, stop throwing yourself into tackles. That, I think, is just, you know, about a young player learning. So I don't yeah. have an issue with that. But, yeah, it's the usual thing with Lyon that, that their sort of one minute can show that they look like, not contenders for the title, but certainly Champions League candidates in the next minute. Not at all. And I think we discussed before, even their decent start to the season sort of flattered to deceive a little bit. They weren't always playing well, even if they were getting results. And I think their next two matches are PSG and loss. So yeah. Yeah, there's a PSG. good chance it will get worse before it gets better. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So Although, as we've seen before, they're more likely than anyone else to suddenly raise their game <laughs> yeah. against PSG. Yeah, yeah, that's also true. Yeah, you do fully expect a performance. Um, apologies for that noise, by the way. I need to find a website that doesn't have ads. So annoying. One person mm-hmm. that is worth highlighting is is um, youngster in midfield who seems to have made the breakthrough into or was taken, who somehow lost place ironically at the moment, and that's uh, Jan Le Pendon, who's um, that's, he came that's not difficult. He came you up, true. <laughs> certainly on current form. He came in in the summer uh, from from Calm as uh, I think he's at Calm for about three years. Look, looks looks a player to me. He really does. I think him and Kakare could be that sort of future of of the Leon midfield. Having having lost uh, Tangian Dombello, of course, last summer and Fakir further back. But yeah, he looks and Anger Marash, of course. Yeah, yeah. I almost forget about him now. But yeah, there, there's. It feels like he's quite a good fit, quite technically good. Maybe needs to put on a few pounds, but looks like a decent, decent little player. So um, worth worth keeping an eye on him. One would suspect, but agreed on the points on on Leon. They they just you just never know, do you? Just never know. Big fixture I'm for them. Not sure why Dembele keeps starting off the bench. Yeah, that's that's another weird one, isn't it? Yeah, because he is he was in quite good form, wasn't he, at the start of the season, and it seemed like all was well and. Just doesn't seem to make the starting lineup. I'd, I'd be quite tempted to play him and Lacazette as a two, personally. But... The second, the second half of last season, he was pretty until maybe like the last week or two, he was pretty much matching Mbappe goal for goal. Yeah, he was key, wasn't he? Yeah, he was getting basically he was their goal scorer, wasn't he? Yeah, and people forget, of course, he had that brief spell on loan at Atletico Madrid as well, and that seems like an age ago. But uh, nevertheless, uh, defeat. For Leon, the points go to the Principality of Monaco. The other results from the weekend, just to, to round up, uh, Strasbourg got a, got a draw. I know that's a change, isn't it? Uh, another draw for them, a nil-nil draw at home to Clermont. Max still haven't won this season. No, still haven't won two. Was it uh, five draws, two defeats? I think their, their form is. 
a red card for Le Marchand late on as well, which didn't help the cause. Angers uh, beat Montpellier, which would have upset Phil yeah. Morgan with the opener. Well, two minutes. We couldn't hold on to a lead for two minutes. Yeah. Who knew this is going to be I think that's Sanchez's first win of the season. It is, yeah, yeah. Something be far with the, the penalty that got the three points ultimately. A big win for Anja because they were well, it snaps their um their loss streak. It does only elevate them um in terms of a winning or having a win on the on the table, but they are 19th and still struggling. But a much needed home win, I would say, for them. But yeah, might be it might be an interesting season. Yeah, not not the worst start of the season for Montpellier, but two straight defeats. Not ideal for them. Um we also saw a win for Toulouse uh, against Raffs. Uh, Flips was sent off in this particular game as well. And um, uh, oh, um, Abukai, I can never pronounce this guy's name. Abukalal. We'll go with that. Anyway, Toulouse got the win. And uh, they have, we mentioned them on last week's pod, I think, and a couple of pods before, but sitting in 11th place in the table, they had lost three on the bounce. Nice little win for them. Just keeps them into that cluster of teams in the middle range. Um, still been fairly impressed with them so far. So you think they would probably have enough to stay up if all goes according to plan. So that was the weekend that was in Liga. Uh, Jez, you've got something to mention about the France squad, which is going to be announced on Thursday. This is for two games, am I right in saying? Two warm-up games for the next international break. These are the last before the World Cup. Um Give us a, an update on what you think about the squad and also any thoughts on the Pogba situation in terms of his surgery? Do, do France need to start planning for life without him this World Cup, do you think? Um, I actually, at lunchtime today, I did a first <laughs> first of hopefully many, but a very early um, France World Cup preview. Yeah. Um, it's like having Christmas trees in the supermarket now. Yeah. Oh, that's not far away, trust me. I I mean, I've been alluding to this for France matches for a while now. I'm pretty pessimistic about the whole thing. I think I know most people disagree with me, but I find the France squad at the moment, because of certain elements, quite dislikable. Um, and I just, you know, this is also partly obviously based on the poor results of June, but I just think that um, I don't think we're in a particularly good place at the moment. Um I still think there's a sort of Benzema, Mbappe, Giroud, and even more so Griezmann situation. Mm, Hopefully, about that as well. uh, Griezmann, I think, you know, he's now being treated like shit by his club as well yeah. as his country. Um, Pogba, he gambled to be fit and it ended up exacerbating the situation. So I would be very surprised if he's in the squad. Although, I don't know, they always talk about, you know, is because of, his you know spirit what he brings in terms of kind of um yeah that that element of it should they give him you know make sure that you fill the 20 you know the 26 places Deschamps can pick 26 players um you know because it's so many let's give Pogba a place anyway because he adds a lot in terms of that I've, I've always wondered with that why not just bring him as a sort of nominal member of staff there once you need to be one of the yeah players. yeah exactly but, um, yeah I mean in terms of playing look I I I can't see how I assume at least one of the Pogba and Conte will be in the squad but I don't mm. think there's any way that 
either of them are going to play you know up to seven matches in a short space of time i don't think either of them have got that fitness anymore yeah, so Conte's really struggling isn't it at the moment yeah um and that's a huge loss you know I, I don't think they've ever lost a france match that they started together yeah. but chiromeni has shown that he can more than sort of fill the boots of one of them it's the other position i'm slightly worried about because and this, uh, for me, is sort of the issue with a lot of the French positions, even centre-back, where everyone thinks that France have got... They've got huge strength and depth, but I'm still not sure that many France centre-backs would walk into or get close to a sort of world eleven. How many I are elite? Even yeah. more so with the midfield, yeah, that, you know, you can reel off um, Camavinga and Ndombele and Tolisso and... Uh, Guendouzi but none of them Rabio as well but they're all decent players I don't think any of them are actually that special at the mm. moment and what did you question what I said about centre-backs uh, no no not at all no I was agreeing with you I agree with okay. you I, I you know I, I've been one of those who said there's a wealth of talent at centre-back because I think there is but how many of those either other than Varane and I mean well Varane is your, is your, your, your reliable regular but yeah, that there's there's a lot that there's still a lot that's still learning their trade in terms of the younger players. Exactly, and there's a yeah. lot that are um, not proven yet, you know. Yeah. I mean, even goalkeeper, you know, I oh, think Oh yeah, don't even get me I, started. Well, no, I personally think Deschamps is right. I think Loris is the captain. I think he's barely ever done anything wrong for France. I think he's earned his right to remain the number one. But at the same time, if you ask me who the best France goalkeeper is at the moment, it's not Loris. And I think Loris would probably say that as well. Lafont, for you. Uh, Go on. Who's who is who is your if if you if it was you who who is your best keeper in France right now? I think Manuel. Manuel by a mile. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I would. I, th- I feel because for me, like Lafont, I, I think is is consistently very. Oh, very sorry. Good. I thought you said Lacombe. Oh no, you were joking. <laughs> no, 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 no. Lafont. Um, I just feel for no, me. No, I think Manuel's. I think. In another world to those two at the moment. Yeah. And in a and in a higher profile club, no disrespect to, to not, but in a higher profile club, in a highly, you know, in, in a highly competitive league where they are currently reigning champions. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Manuel. Yeah. And so I still, I just, I, I still I think there's say... lots wrong with the France squad. And and even that that Nations League win, I think, was more an accident. You know, that those matches against Belgium and Spain. Mm. France were outplayed I think in both matches and yeah. I think you know you can rely on Benzema and or Mbappe coming up with a piece of genius for the odd match but I don't think you can do that across a whole tournament I think the way football is now because it's so frankly unimportant to players compared to the Champions League and probably even more so this year than ever before I think the team that does well is is always going to be the team that just manages to build up a good sort of spirit over the month. That's why I think England have done well recently. I don't think it's because they've got a better squad than previously. I think it's because Southgate's managed to get a group together who all get on well. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And that's what I think Deschamps done well. And I think that's what we had in 98. I think that's what Deschamps got in 2018. And by the way, I still think also in 2018, whether it was an accident or not, we stumbled across an extremely effective way of playing Mm. and sort of soaking up pressure and playing on the break. I still think that should be France's strength. But I don't think anyone's accepted. I don't think because I think 
so many fans and media are so spoilt. I think Deschamps tried to do something different, and I don't think it's worked at all. Yeah, I don't think Mbappe is best in a possession-based game. I still think he's best on the break. Oh, far um, more. Yeah, far I think more. we've taken too much focus off the defence, which means the defence has been poor. Mm. Um, I think we should still start again. I think it's a, fa- a factor in international football that you should start with a strong defence and build from there. Um, and I still think, yeah. Just to repeat myself, I think the way we played in 2018, I still think would should be the way we're playing now. Yeah. And uh, I think trying to change that, trying to change the balance up front, exclude, you know, chucking out Giroud, making Griezmann a sort of excluding him sort of literally and metaphorically to the you know the side of the pitch. Um, I think all of that has had a bad effect on the team. Um yeah. Yeah. Hard to disagree, to be fair. And um, yeah, and even players like Kingsley Coman, I think, you know, better on the break, aren't they? They're just better as as uh, sort of breaking players rather than possession-based players. But yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Um, just before we go, um, Phil, you've got an update on a story that happened in the, well, a little bit of information on the women's game in general, but also an update well, on a story that hmm. happened a little while back. Well, um, we have in the women's game, obviously there was the Kirahamwai situation. Uh, it appears that today uh, a bailiff turned up at, at the training ground to ask why the hell she isn't playing anymore. Uh, because in France, if you have a contract for work and you are not being allowed to work, you can argue about that. It appears that she's taking PSG to court. Um, so that will be interesting. Um, apart from, we might say this is also a question of not people not getting on particularly, but in World Cup qualifying, it was the last round, uh, last midweek, France beat Greece 5-1. They've won all 10 of those matches. Uh, 54 scored, four conceded. Wales came second in the group. So there we go. Uh, Interesting. We've also just seen uh, from our friends at Get French Football News, three arrests already made around the velodrome for throwing projectiles at the police, according to one journalist. And another journalist who is in the stands is saying that the riot police are already intervening in the away end. So it might be that uh, today's, uh, tonight's game of OM Frankfurt uh, have a couple of Frenchies on the side might be um, might be a little bit uh, delicious while mm-hmm. they're sorting them out. So I think, I think I've made my great. I think I've made my mind up to watch Liverpool Ajax instead because um, I was on the fence, but I think now my decision is made. Yeah, uh, on the other hand, um, in Sporting versus Tottenham. Uh, I think Spurs had a goal disallowed 
they did. I'm watching it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that's it's... what the music is in the background. No, no, it's, it's that, that that was <laughs> from a that's from an advert on the uh, school's site I use, which is a pain in the backside. The the game is muted, but yeah, it is no no at halftime in that particular game. Whistle's just blown, and Sporting missed a really good chance right on the halftime whistle as well. So hopefully, if that stays a draw, that gives Marseille an opportunity to. Uh, get themselves up that group later on tonight if indeed that game goes ahead because you know things and stuff um right uh jez had to leave us because he's got uh fatherly duties so um just want to thank jez for his time this evening but just before we go we'll just run through the the fixtures that are coming up this weekend because there's a couple of decent ones mm. we've got uh Osse Lorient which of course will be the standout fixture of the weekend I'm kidding but that is the Friday night fixture which uh, I'm going to naturally tune oh, into I, I think there could be goals yeah me too and, and Osse are oh. under the lights that could be could be a bit of fun Montpellier are home to Strasbourg so we should this see worries me yeah Montpellier's recent performances there was ever a game for Strasbourg to get a win. They have been a bit of a bogey team for, I mean, but they've got five draws on the spin. Mm. But they do always seem to fuck us up. There you go. So they, you heard it from the horse's mouth right there. Wheels. Wheels. Danger, danger. Uh, we've got uh, Lille against Toulouse, which also I'd be quite intrigued to watch on, uh, on Saturday night, just purely because you've got sort of the difference in size and club and circumstances etc so that will be probably worth a watch so Lille to lose is the eight o'clock game that is Saturday night then the 12 p.m or midday game is Ramsler against Monaco uh, Monaco in European action of course uh, in midweek so that'll be a tough test for them away at Rams who could do with the points themselves in truth Clermont host Troyes uh, tie flying Troyes they're having a good season as, that as has nil nil written all over it yeah, two two clubs that I think are outperforming themselves at the moment. I'm going to touch on them maybe in future weeks. Clermont currently ninth, Trois thirteenth, but a couple of decent results for both this season. Nice against Angers, and uh, Nice will be looking at that one for a much-needed win, you would suspect. Angers looking to build on their first win of the season. Marseille against Rennes. That's, that's oh, a shame. Oh, this one is. I yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward think, to that. It's a shame it's I early don't want day, to jinx but... it, but I think that could be. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It could be a worthwhile game to watch at two o'clock. And also Brest against Ajaxio. Uh, Ajaxio not having the greatest yeah. start to league on life, but um, yeah, you feel that the uh, the Pirates will be looking for a win in that particular home game because they need to get their season up and running because they are sitting 18th right now. So it's a bit of a basement battle, that one. Nantes against Lons. That one also might be worth a watch. That's the 4.05pm kickoff. And uh, finally, to finish up the weekend, uh, don't get um, your times confused as I did, because I keep thinking it's an 8 o'clock kickoff. Of course, it's not yet. Not until we reach the winter months. It's, an, it's a 7.45pm kickoff. Lyon versus PSG. I don't really think I need to build it up anymore, do I? That's a, a massive game for both involved uh, at the, uh, I, I like to call it the, um, it's the Group Armour Stadium, but I always like to call it Stade de Lumière, but, you know, whatever, branding, etc. But, um, yeah, a couple of t- couple of tasty fixtures in that in that group, Phil. So um, hopefully we'll have plenty yeah, to talk about Yeah, particularly if you're in the UK and you don't have any football to watch because mm. of reasons. Because of reasons, absolutely, which we will not be going into. But, uh, yeah, oh. there is... 
there is a couple of Premier League games this weekend, but there's plenty of games that are off as well. So, yeah, if you fancy nipping in to watch some French football this weekend, might be the weekend to do it. But of course you want to watch French football because that's why you listen to this podcast after all. So thank you if you are. Right. Uh, we will leave it there then. Um, we're still not going to do tables because we are still seven games in. But all you need to know is that PSG and Marseille are sharing the leadership at the moment. Two points clear of Lens. And uh, down at the bottom, you've got uh, a cluster of teams on five points, Strasbourg, Brest and Angers, who are uh, just above Little Ajaxio, unfortunately, only one point for their new uh, or for their return to the league out top flight this season. They're having a struggle, but we will go into tables and that a little bit further down the line. Good luck to our French teams in Europe this week. Yes, even you, Marseille, if you can behave yourselves. Uh, we will be back next week where we will look back at the weekend's results and indeed what happens in Europe. So thank you, Phil, very much for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you. I'll leave you to go and look up that Lacazette interview. And uh, thanks to Jess, <laughs> who's had to nip off. Uh, we will be back the next week, probably back to our normal slot on Monday if we can. So uh, keep an eye on the release. And uh, whatever you do this weekend, if you are watching, enjoy your French football. And we'll speak to you very soon. <laughs>